I like that. Very nice. Yes. So in the back, next to all of our mission letters, and I say all our mission letters, it's only a small portion of our mission letters because at this point we support like 38 missionaries, 34 active missionaries, three retired missionaries, and 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 a couple other a couple other ministries. Uh, so, uh, but next to that, there is a prayer card. It's it's just to kind of help remind you to pray. And every missionary come, coming through is looking for support. And now that being said, they're looking for two types of support. Um, financial support, which for those that are on our back wall, we already support. Uh, but w- even though they need that support, uh, what they need more is prayer support. And uh, so on the back card, uh, we have these prayer cards that has our home missionaries uh, listed, uh, who they're reaching out to, and uh, where they're located at. And uh, it's our home missionaries, foreign missionaries, retired missionaries, then the organizations which we support. And on the back side, it says how to pray for our missionaries. And it, and the, it has here uh, seven different um, ways that you can pray for them, one for every, uh, one for every day of the week. Um, you can do it all at once. I don't care how how you do it, as long as you're praying for our missionaries, amen. And I think they would be they would they would be uh, on there as well, um, just looking to and desiring to, that we were praying for. But if you don't have one of these, this is the updated one. Uh, if you have an old one, it means you need a new one. And so they're back there. And if you're, we run out, then see Miss Marge. Miss Marge will will uh, make some more if uh, if that if that takes place. But uh, praise the Lord. Very nice. I like it. Take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse uh, verse 7 and then read on down to verse 10. And uh, we'll focus on those four verses for this this, ev- or this evening, this afternoon, uh, whatever it is now. If I preach long enough, it'll be evening. <laughs> and all God's people will say, oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not planning on preaching that long. I know we have, we have communion afterwards, and and uh, I, I preached longer this morning than I meant to. Um, what was supposed to be one message could have been, maybe should have been two, um, but uh, it all, I hate breaking up thoughts, and uh, so, but anyways, we'll not focus on that. Uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to read six, verse 6 through verse 10. This is, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of is promised in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Let's pray. Father God, I I thank you, Lord, for your love, mercy, and your grace. I thank you, Father, uh, for the Holy Spirit and and your word and how the two of them work together, Lord. I pray this afternoon, Lord, that you sanctify us with your truth, Lord, with your word. God, I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, that there be nothing of me in this message, Lord, but everything of you. Um, I pray that you would convict us 
encourage us, strengthen us, whatever it is that needs to be done, Lord, in our hearts. Lord, only you can see the heart. And I pray, God, that you would do that work, Lord. And Lord, give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and uh, hearts to obey. We love you, Father, and are so thankful for what you did for us in Christ. And uh, just looking forward uh, to the day when we get to see you again. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning we were talking about the mystery of the church, and uh, in the first couple of verses, and we've been, I say this morning, but we talked a bit about it on Wednesday as well, um, just looking at, uh, well, last Sunday evening, as, uh, afternoon as well, um, the, the, this doctrine that was hidden in the Old Testament, but revealed in the New Testament, and that's called a mystery. If you go back and look, um, at, search out the word mystery in your Bible, you'll find several times it's mentioned. Um, and uh, anytime it's talking about a hidden truth, um, uh, Jesus was a hidden truth. The Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified, uh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, received up in the glory. Uh, John tells us in chapter 1 that the word, which is Jesus, was made flesh and seen among men, uh, dwelt among men. Uh, what is he talking about? He's talking about the mystery of Jesus Christ. While the Old Testament knew there would be a coming Messiah, they did not know that it was Christ, and they did not realize that, it would be, that he would be God in the flesh. They didn't, they didn't have that knowledge. Those things were revealed in the New Testament as, uh, to, to uh, the apostles, and uh, there were many other things that, uh, that are mentioned. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, 15 talks about another mystery, uh, that we would not all uh, die, or that not everybody would die, but that some and would, uh, would uh, be caught up. And uh, it talks about how quickly we would change, in a twinkling, in the moment of an eye. Um, uh, that, uh, that that which is corruptible, that which is um, mortal, will put on immortality, would uh, become incorruptible, and uh, yeah, what a day that will be. I'm excited about it. But that was a mystery. They didn't know that in the Old Testament. We know it now in the New Testament. Uh, and uh, it was re revealed under the apostles. Uh, Paul, we, we looked at the verses there in, uh, I have to go back and look at my notes, at the verse, I believe it's in Romans. Sorry, first. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where Paul talks about another mystery there that was revealed uh, to them by the Holy Spirit. And that's how they got those things, right? Those things were, were, were at times hinted out in the Old Testament. Uh, uh, the Christ was hinted at as a, Pass as a Passover lamb, as, as, the promise, as, as, as the promised one, uh, hinted at in Isaiah chapter 53. And we can look back at those prophecies and, and know that they were talking about Jesus Christ, but they didn't know that it was going to be Christ, right? They, they knew that would be the coming Messiah. So, so there were those mysteries. And we, began, we talked about the, this mystery, this uh, mystery of the church, the, the mystery of, of the Jews and the Gentiles being uh, on the same level playing field, that, that, uh, that in Christ there would be no Jew, there would be no Gentile, uh, they were one, that there would be no male, there would be no female, there would be no servant, there would be no, no master, uh, that in Christ we are all one. And that, that was news to the Jews. And it was news to the Gentiles, because as far as the Gentiles were concerned before this, before Christ, the Gentiles were on the outside looking in. Uh, they, they, they were not a part of the promises. They were, not, they were called the uncircumcised, uh, the uncircumcised by, the, by those that were called the circumcised, the Jews. Uh, so this is this, this new uh, this mystery that's been revealed, and we talked about it uh, this morning. Uh, and it's, and, we, and we, read, we just read about the, the benefits of it here and in, in the, 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 this hidden doctrine in verse 6, and that was that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. And of the same body, the same, the same church, the body, speaking of the church, and partakers of the promise, of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, starting verse 7, this is where we're going to be at. 
or this is where we're going to start. It says, whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me whom less than, I already read this, but unto me whom less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Paul is saying here in these, in these verses that there was a great mystery, there was a great ministry that's been given unto him. There in verse 7 it says, whereof I was made a minister. God selected Paul to share this, 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 this truth, to share this. And he wasn't the only one that, that knew of it. Peter knew of it. We talked about that this morning. Uh, Cornelius was coming to, was searching for somebody to share, to share with them the truth. God gave uh, Peter a vision, and then the, the, the Cornelius' servants showed up at Peter's house and then brought him to a Gentile uh, who, who uh, had been praying, and his prayers had come before the Lord. He went and preached the gospel, and Cornelius and all those that were there with him got saved, and the Holy Spirit came down just like it did with the, the Jews. So that, there was this understanding that Peter had that, that there that they were that they were to be on the same level playing field, but there's a difference between knowing a truth and then living a truth, because later in the same Peter that that preached to Cornelius was was dealt with by Paul. Uh, Paul was is is is, is preached had been preaching the gospel. There were Gentile Christians that were there. Barnabas was there with them. Peter comes along, and man, they're just fellowshipping together. God is blessing. They're having a good time together. And then a bunch of other apostles come from Jerusalem, and they come along. And Peter said, <clears throat> "Excuse me, guys," and he stopped fellowshipping with them. Why? Because they were Gentiles and he was a Jew. What's the problem? Well, there shouldn't have been any problem. Remember, God had told Peter, "What I've called clean, don't call thou unclean." Right? Uh, he forgot that, and 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 it was so bad because Peter, because of who Peter was. Remember, uh, he was a leader of the apostles. He was a leader uh, of the disciples. It was so bad that even though Barnabas was was with Paul and had been doing this all along, it, it affected Barnabas. The Book of Galatians tells us, and so Paul whispered him to the face in front of everybody. He stood up and said, "Hey, Paul, or hey, Peter." By the way, do you remember this? In front of everybody, that's that's something to to be confronted in in a, in a mistake, and it's, it, but it was because it was it was affecting those who were around them. So there was uh, there's a difference between knowing the truth and and then the, and then applying that truth to your life. And God called. Paul here to be a minister. He was a selected worker, uh, a selected worker for this particular ministry. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, we know that he, every town that he went into, he preached the gospel to the first, to the Jews, because his heart was for the Jews, but God had given him the ministry to preach to the Gentiles, and he would preach to the Gentiles afterwards, and, and man, God blessed. Some Jews would get saved, some Jews would reject Christ, but but God blessed the, the, the ministry to the Gentiles. Churches were planted. And listen, if, if, if God hadn't expanded it and Paul hadn't preached it, I'm sure God would have used somebody else. But I'm, but I'm thankful that somebody listened because that means we got saved. Amen? Uh, what a blessing it was. But he was a, a selected worker. Uh, notice with me uh, the, the, what he was presenting. He was presenting the grace of the gospel. Verse 7, wherefore I was made a minister of what? Of, of, of the gospel. By, uh, it says in the previous verse, uh, this doctrine that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That's what he was presenting, and he was doing it by the grace of God. And listen, it's grace that saves us. Amen? 
Where, uh, for by grace are you saved? That's that unmerited favor. God looked upon us and our dead, iniquity, wickedness, sin, disgusting, wickedness, vile, whatever you want to call it, the mire that we, that we, we say that we were in. But it's not that we were in, it's that we were. Right? Hey, think of it. Sorry, Marsh. Think about something dead. I'm not going to do this to you very much. Uh, think about something dead and just how vile and nasty that is and to touch something like that. That's what we were. We were. It wasn't that we were just in sin. We were wickedness. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is grace. We didn't deserve it, but God gave it to us. The, 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 so so g- grace is God's undeserved favor. And what he's talking about here is the dispensation of grace. So we're going from the law, which was the covenant that God had with the people of Israel. Uh, uh, and, and it says we're going from that to now. It's, it's, it's a dispensation of grace where you're not, you don't, you're not trying to follow the law. The law just showed us that, you were, that we fell short. Now it's we're saved by grace. It's just a different time period. They were saved by the same thing, by the way. They're still saved by grace. They're still saved by earth, by grace through faith in God, but it's a, it's a different time period, a uh, different dispensation, and God is working in the people uh, in the in the Gentiles as well as let me let me make sure that's that, that's very clear as well as the people of Israel. The Bible says in Romans that the in the book of Romans that the blindness in part had happened unto Israel. But God did not throw Israel away. God did not throw the people away. They were blinded in part. Paul was a Jew. There were Jews in every town. They got saved. Praise the Lord for that, right? He didn't turn, but they're still saved by faith in Jesus Christ. There are Jewish Christians today. Praise God for that. I've seen a couple different videos. and In fact, uh, growing up, we had some friends who were missionaries to the Jews in New York City, uh, the Rutledges. Uh, they uh, were good friends with their I was good friends with their kids. I didn't know Mr. and Mrs. Rutledge very well. But uh, uh, they were pr- friends with my parents. And, uh, but but uh, they can still be saved. It's easy to take the Old Testament, just like uh, Paul did with the Ethiopian eunuch, and you can take it and show the gospel of Jesus Christ through the Old Testament, and, and they can still be saved. The truth is most of them are, are lied to. As they're, they're told that, that Jesus was, 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 was not a Jew and he was, they're, they're told all kinds of different lies to keep them from ever investigating the truth. And, and, but when they do, the Holy Spirit can open up their eyes as well. But the Bible says blindness was part, happened unto Israel. Why? So that we might be saved. Uh, praise, I, I thank the Lord for that, uh, that I can be saved. Uh, and it says that that will happen until the fullness of the Gentiles uh, comes in, but but Paul was a, a a selected worker presenting the grace of God through the gospel of Jesus Christ. The verse says, "Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power." Verse six tells us that he was uh, preaching of, of of Christ and the gospel, and listen, he did that everywhere he went. Now, when I say the gospel, I don't mean he walked up to somebody and says, you're dying and on your way to hell, and, and you need to get saved and trust in Jesus. Because back then, Jew or Greek, they all would have laughed at him. Paul took his time. And that's something that, 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 that I believe many times as Christians that we, that we, have, that we fumble in. Paul had a, had a knowledge not just of the Romans' road, he wrote that, by the way, but uh, uh, he had, that, was, uh, that, that, that wasn't the, the extent of his knowledge of Scripture. Remember, Paul had a, an extensive knowledge of the Old Testament uh, because uh, as, a, as a Pharisee of the Pharisee, as a, as, a, as a young man, he was forced to memorize much of that. 
he had an extensive knowledge. And in those three years that he was, after he got saved, that he studied, I believe God revealed to him uh, who Jesus was in in the scriptures, in the Old Testament. And so so now when he's coming to these these towns and he's going to the Jews, he's not saying, hey, remember that guy that you you killed? He's literally going through scripture by scripture saying, this was Jesus, and this was Jesus. And you see how he fulfilled this. We don't do that nowadays. We just say, hey, why don't you come to church? And hope the Holy Spirit touches the hearts. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the, the preacher, right? No? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the, the tract. No? Oh, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. There we go. I finally say it. It comes by the Word of God. So as we share the Word of God, we, uh, we give them something to put their faith into by showing who Jesus was and, and that he did die for our sins. That's when people get saved. So he was a minister of this. But notice he wasn't chosen because of his ability. And out of, as I think about the apostles, and I think about Paul, who was also an apostle, Paul had the greatest background to prepare him for his calling. He was a, a gifted speaker. He knew uh, the word of God. He had a way with words. Just read the book of Romans. He had a grasp on doctrine. Uh, what, what, what a, what a, uh, now we know that he wasn't physically a, a big, strong man, but he was somebody who was well learned and understood. He had that background. Uh, learned under Gamaliel, or the, as he goes through his, his whole thing, Hebrew of the Hebrews, Pharisee of the Pharisees, uh, tribe of, he had everything. But remember what he said? I count all that as dung. It was worthless. I was reading the book of Acts uh, this week. I've been reading through Acts this week, and I'm only up to chapter 7 or 8 uh, right now. But I was reading about the, the apostles and how they, were, uh, how they had been threatened uh, because they preached the gospel. And, and then uh, they were thrown in prison, and uh, an angel let them out. And, they went, and, and the angel said, hey, go back and preach the wonderful words of life. And so guess what they did? They, uh, they're, they're in the temple. They're preaching uh, the gospel the next day. And the Pharisees, they said, hey, where are those guys? And they look for them. They can't find them. They're like, oh, by the way, they're in the temple. They must have been furious, by the way. So they go in, and they, they, they get them nicely because they don't, they don't want to stir up a, a fight with the crowd. And they bring them, they sit them down. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't, there's, there, there, there's so many of them, they sit these guys in the middle of this large group of Pharisees and, and religious leaders, and, and they're saying, I thought we told you not to do this. And man, they started preaching. It says, it says Peter being filled with the Holy Spirit, began, and, you're going, and he's preaching. One of the verses that really caught my mind, is it, honestly, just uh, it caught me when I read it, and I'd, I'd read it before, but as, as I was, one of the verses that, that I'm just, just reminded of, it says that they took notice that they were unlearned and ignorant men, but that they had been with Jesus. See, it wasn't their background, and it wasn't their education that, that really mattered. It, it wasn't uh, their, their former profession or, or even who they were. They were unlearned and ignorant. They spoke. Uh, have you ever talked to somebody who's unlearned and ignorant? Sometimes we talk to ourselves. <laughs> right? it's, uh, their vocabulary might be limited. Maybe in the way they dress, the way they talk. We're, remember, they just... They're fishermen. They're just, they've still got the calluses on their hands, and they still smell of fish, right? And they look at these guys like, who are they? Who, who is this? What was it? 
It wasn't their education. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that had to do with them. It was the power and the spirit of God. Paul here in this in the, in this passage he he says he says where I was made a minister of the gospel talking about this doctrine and this truth of of the gospel of Jesus Christ which is available to everybody not just the Jew but the Gentile as well is that same gospel that got him thrown into prison and he was gladly he gladly sat there in chains just so that he would have the opportunity to preach the gospel to those to those there in Rome but but listen he says wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. He says, God gave me this gift. God gave me this ministry. Listen, if God calls you into a ministry, God will equip you for the ministry. And I'm just going to say this. God has called you to a ministry. God has called every single one of us to the ministry of sharing the gospel with those that we are around. Now, you may not be called to go to, to, uh, to, to, to one of our, these countries or uh, the uttermost parts of the earth, but you have been called to tell somebody about Christ. You say, well, that's just not me. It, it wasn't Peter, and it wasn't James, and it wasn't John, and it wasn't any of the rest of them. They were ignorant and unlearned people. So I don't know enough. You don't need to know enough. You need the, enough of the Holy Spirit in you. Listen, I can't remember the verses. Write them down. And guess what? The Bible promises. The Bible promises the Holy Spirit will bring those things to remembrance as you need them. Well, that's, I, just, I, I, I just can't ask God for boldness. That's what the disciples did. In fact, that's what Paul, that's what Paul asked. He was, you want to pray for me? Pray for me that God would give me the utterance. Paul, the writer of Romans. Have you ever tried to read through Romans? And, and I have to take it in little chunks just so I can wrap my mind about around these, these I mean, great, great truths and, and to be able to decipher them and understand what he's saying. And Paul says, I need utterance. Now, he's not, and he's not just looking for opportunities. He's looking for God to give him the words to preach. See, it's all, by God. it's all by God's grace. We've been called to present grace, but we're, we've been called to do it by God's grace, not by our talents and not by our, our abilities. It's by God's power. We see grace presented, notice the, or, uh, grace presented, notice the generated power there in that verse. Wherefore, I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of of his power. God's power, the Holy Spirit, works inside of you to equip you through the Word of God and through the sanctification of the Word to, to prepare you for whatever it is. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and, pro and profitable, right? But what's, how does that passage end? That we might be equipped unto every good work. God equips us. God calls us, God equips us. Well, God calls some of us. No, God called all of us. In fact, he called you before you, he called you to salvation, but he knew you were going to be saved. So guess what? He called you before that. The Bible says in, in chapter 2, verse 10, that, that, we were, or, that we were ordained to walk in those good works before we were ever created. He's a selected worker. He did it in grace. I appreciate Paul's, Paul's lack of pride. 
We see that in the next verse. He says, this, this ministry was given unto me, this grace has been given unto me, this working of the Spirit has been given unto me, who am less than the least of all saints. That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You see here, uh, just his sheer wonder of, of God choosing him. Too many people are like, well, why wouldn't God use me? That's why. <laughs> your pride, you're your leaning upon your own ability, you're leaning upon your own strength. Uh, you think you're good enough. Let me tell you, you're not. Because at our very best, we're not. Paul understood. He says, listen, uh, if anybody could do it, I could. But even I understand that, that I'm nothing in, 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 in this. I am weak, and it's only in my weakness God can be made strong. He had the just sheer wonder. Man, I wish we all had that. It boggles my mind that God uses me. And I don't say that to say, look how humble I am. I'm honest. I'm being honest, totally honest. Why God would choose to use me, I, I don't know. Other than the fact that God uses things that are not noble. That God uses those things that are weak. There's a verse about that. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In fact, let's turn there real quick. First Corinthians chapter 1. I want to read verses 23 through the end of the chapter. For we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews a stumbling block, and under the Greeks foolishness. Notice they're preaching to both. But unto me, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of uh, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren. Notice he didn't say you see my calling, he said you see your calling. How that not many wise men after the flesh. After the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base of things of the world, and the things which are despised, hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I'm not saying God doesn't use talented people. God does not use talented people with pride. God resists the proud. Understand where our talent comes from. You could be, you could have, Marge, you could be the greatest pianist that has ever lived. She's laughing because she, she doesn't believe she is. You could be. You could be able to tickle those ivories in a way that, man, would just fill this place with music that, that dropped every jaw that ever walked in this place. But if you did that and you played in, in your pride and said, 
man, I am so good. Do you know how much the Holy Spirit would move in that music? Not at all. And you can get up here and you can make your mistakes. And you do it in humility saying, I'm a Lord, just use what you can. And God can take that music and touch every heart here. Not because of your ability, but because of your humility. Not because of your talent, but because God fills you with his power. I can get up here and be the greatest orator, which I'm not. <laughs> as as my, 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 the, 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 <laughs> there you go, Brother James. He says, every time you start to talk about it, you start to do it. As my stuttering uh, shows, I'm not the greatest orator. But in my weakness, God is made strong. That's what, look back, to, or look over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Second Corinthians chapter 2, Paul here, the context of this, Paul is praying for God to remove a thorn in the flesh. I'm sure it was something that limited him in his ministry. And he's thinking, man, God, if you just took that away from me, I could do so much better, and I could, I could, I could preach so much better, or I could, re I don't know what, is, what this was. I've, I've heard his eyesight. I've heard, I, I've heard uh, many different things. Uh, we don't know what it was. All we know that is, is he was asking God to remove it. And listen, there's nothing wrong with asking God to, to help you to be better at something and, and help to improve or help to take away the pain of something. But but here in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, we read this. It says, um, I think I'm in the right place. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 9, it says, nope, I'm not in the right place. Ah, I want to read it. Oh, that's not it. Give me one second. What was the phrase? Ah! This is Satan, I'm telling you. Second Corinthians 12, not 2. There we go. Thank you, brother. Chapter 12, verse 9. He said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. This is God's answer to his prayer. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am then am I strong. I am become a fool in glory. Ye have compelled me. For I ought have been commended of you for nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Paul had the perfect outlook. And he was an apostle. Everybody else would look, every child of God would look at, at Paul. We do today as this superhuman Christian who had it all, and man, he was just the man. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. Man, what, what he is the man. Paul said, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. He had an honest recognition back in Ephesians chapter, chapter uh, 3, verse 8. Turn back there real quickly. He Notice what he said there in, in verse, verse 8 of Ephesians. He says, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints. He says, I am, I am, I am the least there is. There's, there is, I'm not worthy, but he gave this to me. 
He had an honest recognition. He realized his, in, his, in his humility that without, without God, he was nothing. There was an honorable reception. He says, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. He, he, says, uh, he says, God gave this to me. I, I'm the I'm the least. I'm not I'm not I'm not worthy, but God gave it to me. I, I, I wish we as, as Christians could could have that same mindset that God gives us a, a ministry, God gives us a responsibility, and we say, Yes, sir, I'll take it. Instead of won't somebody else do it? Or isn't it somebody else's responsibility? The Bible says, uh, of, uh, I believe it's Isaiah, that, that, that God formed him in the womb, or knew him before he formed him in the womb, in his mother's belly, and had called him, called him as a, as a, as a prophet of God before he ever had a tongue to speak with. If he did it for, for him, what has he done for you? What has he called you to? Are we are we going to, 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 to in humility say, okay, Lord, I, I can't do this, but but God, if you want me to, my mouth is yours. And the truth is, God, as I said, God has given given all of us that ministry of, of preaching the gospel. God has given all of us uh, different ministries in which we're to minister to others. And then we do it in his grace, and we're only effective as we do it in his grace, as we honestly recognize our uh, how little, little we're able to do it. But there's, there is this human responsibility. We have the responsibility to, to, take, to do our part. It says unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. Paul could have packed it up and went home. It'd have been a whole lot easier for Paul if he had it, at least for, if you if you assume that he went home and everything would have been okay. Sometimes when we get out of the will of God, a whale swallows us. But in, in Paul's mind, I mean, think about it, Paul was beaten. Paul was left for dead. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul uh, shipwrecked multiple times, by the way. And uh, Paul was imprisoned. By, Paul went through a whole lot. But he did it with joy. Because he knew that this was the ministry God had called him to. And he knew that in his weakness, God was, would show himself strong. He also understood that it was, it was God doing it all. And, this, and the same is true for any one of us. My my ability to to preach, your ability to 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 our ability to walk, to talk, whatever is all of the Lord. And again, I we don't have any ability other than what God has given to us. And and I appreciate the fact that in my weakness, in our weakness, God will magnify what we do to make a difference. And we see that in the in the not the parable, the story of the feeding of five thousand, a little boy with those loaves and his fishes. And he came with five loaves and five fish, or five loaves and three fish. With the, was he really thinking they were going to feed everybody with that? I'm, 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 I don't. I, I've heard it a couple different ways. I don't know whether he offered it up or whether 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 the disciples said, "Here, give me that." I don't. I don't know. I don't think that's what happened. But but he gave it up. What does it say Jesus did with it? it says he blessed it, and then he broke it. If we're going to allow God to take whatever it is that we have to bless it 
and to break it. Breaking it isn't always a fun thing to go through, by the way. We'd be amazed at what God could do. God might just do something miraculous in our lives or in the lives of those that are around us. We might see somebody get saved that we've never, that we thought would never get saved. Now remember, the, the, the power of the gospel will save anybody. The, the Holy Spirit can reach any heart. Uh, they, all, they all have free will, but God can reach anyone. I think we'd be amazed if we would put ourselves out there and let God bless what we have to offer. We've seen that Paul was a selected worker. We've seen his sheer wonder. Let's look at the supreme wealth that he was preaching. The supreme wealth. There at the end of verse 8 it says, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. The unsearchable riches of Christ. There is great riches and there is great wealth in what Christ did for us in our salvation. There is no finance, there's no money amount that you can put upon the what Jesus did for you. In the the the, the taking of you and giving you life. If something were to happen today, most many of us are here with our spouses. Some some without. If you're sitting next to your spouse and they passed away right now, how much would you give to be able to give them life? Everything you have. Or if it's one of my kids, what would I give? I'd give anything, everything just to have them back. God gave us life. He gave us spiritual life, salvation, but not life that I'm going to lose again. Because here on this earth, uh, I, 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 I don't know how many times we got people back uh, doing CPR and shocking them with medications and things. I don't know how many we got back. I don't know how many of those uh, survived. But I can tell you this, 100% of them will die. Most of them already have because the, the percentage of people that you get back, most of those, it's like only like 0.1% um, actually survive and live a full life without without having brain damage and things like that. The, the, the TV shows don't show you that part. The, you watch uh, those medical shows, and 85% and of those guys come back, and they wake up talking to you. That rarely ever happens. But God gives us life, and life abundantly, and life that never ends. Everlasting life. And how much are we willing to give for that? It's unsearchable riches. That's just the beginning. That's just the start of what God did for you. He gave you life. He cleansed you. He forgave you. The Bible says, happy is he whom the Lord does not impute sin. He doesn't impute your sin to you. It was placed on Christ. He looks at you and he sees righteousness. How much is that worth? Unsearchable riches. And the, 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 and, and the greatest thing is, we don't even know the great riches yet. In Ephesians 2 there it says that in the ages to come, then we'll see those things. You know when you'll know it? When you're in heaven and you have that perfect body and perfect mind and you understand all that Christ really did for you. That's when you'll know. 
And you can search anywhere. You can search the Bible to try to get all the answers. You won't find all the answers in here. You'll find what God allows you to have. But, and and, and what God does give us some hints and truth of what's, the, what's ahead of us. But we don't know all that God's done. The searchable riches, man, what wealth. It's hidden to us. But, man, it's, it's, it's wondrous. It's wondrous. Lastly, God gives us his, or we, we see the superlative wisdom of God here. It says in verse 8, Unto me whom less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which is from the beginning of the world, hath been hid in, in God, who created of all things, who created all things by Christ Jesus, to the intent that now, under the principalities and powers, to the in heavenly places might be known the church manifold wisdom of God. Paul says that not only is he preaching the, the gospel, but he's 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 revealing this this hidden mystery of the fellowship. What fellowship is he talking about? Jews, Greeks, right? we're all together in one. Later on in the chapter, it says there's, later on in, in, in Ephesians, there's one body, there's one spirit, there's one God. There's this unity that had never been there before, hidden by God. I mean, old riches are on that, but, and this is interesting, I'd, I'd never caught this verse. The purpose of this, the Bible says here, to the intent that now, under the principalities of powers, those in heavenly places might be known. See, there's great wisdom. When we talk about the wisdom of God, there's there is there are things here in Scripture. There's wisdom here in Scripture that that it is just just there's so much here, and more than we could ever re, uh, realize on this on this earth. I, I mentioned this this earlier that we as we as we read the Bible, you can read a passage of scripture and it speaks to you, and you come back and and it speaks to you again, and it comes back and it speaks to you again, and it comes back and it speaks to you again, and it just there's, there's always more there. There's never any limit to the knowledge. There is never any limit to the amount of wisdom that God has. Remember, God's wisdom is infinite. And God's truth is infinite. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, or any of us are concerned, our knowledge is limited. Our, 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 our wisdom is limited. That word manifold means multifaceted. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, uh, every way you look, have you ever looked at a diamond? Especially one that's been been cut. It, it's like all these little gleaming lights flashing at you if you as you look close. Why? It, it's there's so many different sides to it. As we look at the word of God, there's so much there for us. And he goes, I'm trying to reveal the, the manifold wisdom of God. And and, and that's that's our job as, 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 as that was his job, and that was his ministry, was to to reveal the multifaceted wisdom of God in those things that were hidden before. Talking about salvation through Christ. In faith in Christ alone, and and the, the the church, the body of the church, and the growth, and he gets farther into the church uh, later on in the in the next in the, in the next chapters. But 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 I understand all of this was new. He's I'm trying to reveal this, but notice who he's revealing it to, and this is something that's really interesting. He says, "The principalities and powers where." 
in heavenly places. In heavenly places. What principalities and powers do you talk about in heavenly places? Look with me over to First Peter. Can read my writing? Uh, <laughs> it's not first. 112, maybe? One second. There, verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12, 1 Peter 1, 12. Unto whom? It was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Notice this last phrase. Which things the angels desire to look into. I started thinking about that. Why are the angels desiring to look into the, the, these things about the gospel. Why are the angels needing to understand the, the, this? This they're wanting to understand this doctrine of. of uh, they're there. Right? They they were they were they're created beings. They're they're there in the presence of of, of God. They're so they're the ones saying, "Holy, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty." They're, they're there, but salvation is for us, not for them. They, they will never experience forgiveness. They will never experience new life. They will never experience being a part of a body of believers that God has brought together, jointly fit together to serve Him. They won't experience those things. They have a desire to look into those things. And man, they, they're looking down at us as the church, and we are to be a representation of the wisdom of God to them. I, 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 it, honestly, my mind just, it just when I when I began to really think about that, and it, it amazes me that God has. It's one thing to to know something; it's another thing to experience it. They they'll never be able to experience those things because salvation isn't for them; it's for us. So, so they're looking at us, according to this verse, that's what it's saying. It says, it says, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus, to the intent. Why did God reveal this to man? Why has God shown this, uh, this mystery to man? To the intent, for this purpose, that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. They're, they're, they might know this by seeing us, by us, the manifold wisdom of God, the multifaceted wisdom of God. God's wisdom is on display in the doctrine and the working inside the church. Hidden in the old days from men, 
Even Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they didn't know of the church. They didn't know of those mysteries. Those things were hidden. Even going as far even as Daniel and Isaiah, man, they could look forward into the future, but they didn't see the dispensation of the church. They did not see this. It's nowhere in their prophecies. But God revealed it to us. And we can live it. And we can take that and understand what, 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 a, what a wonderful truth it is that the gospel is not just for the Jews, it's for the Jews and the Gentiles. And, and it's, it's available and every, it puts us on equal footing, equal stance, there's an equal blessing. Praise God! It's for us. And God uses us to instruct the angels. God uses... Now, it, now, we may never on this earth see that. But you know what we can do? We can be an instruction in the grace of God and the wisdom of God to all those that are around us who still don't know. See, while the angels may never be able to experience it, we live amongst a world that can. And while you cannot necessarily describe what it's like to be a part of the family of God. To someone who's never experienced it themselves, you can give them the opportunity by preaching the gospel and by fulfilling the ministry God's called us to. May God help us to share the gospel. May God help us to, in humility, Let him use it so that in our weakness, he can be strong. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And God, I pray that you would just have your way with us. Lord, you know our hearts. You know our needs. Lord, I, I pray that you would Lord, that you'd work in each one of us. We thank you, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to take a few minutes.